Hello, and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast. I am your host, AP. It's been a minute since we did one of these, but we're back at it again. I brought my friend Trey Wheeler back for another episode. Thank you for joining us, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank no you for problem. Having me. No problem. So we're going to jump right into it. I want to know what you think about what I personally feel is one of the biggest stories in the NFL, primarily because of what we saw all of last year and during the Super Bowl and what we assumed was going to happen again this year. So my question is, what are your thoughts on the four and four Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? Well, it's a bit of a mixed bag, man. It's a bit of a mixed bag. When you look at their schedule, most teams will probably be four and four, if not worse. But one thing that is missing that I don't see a lot of people talking about when you watch ESPN or when you watch uh, what's that undisputed or any shows of that variety, it's not talked about a whole lot, but this team can't run the football. They can't run the football. This past weekend, they was running all over the Giants. Granted, it's the Giants. But they can, for the most part, run the football. They're just, they get away from it and they don't do it at a high level. They are very much a middle of the road team. And with Clyde Edwards Elaire being out, they really rely on Daryl Williams and whoever the Gore dude was that apparently is not related to Frank Gore. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I saw too many times. I watched a good bit of the Giants game, man. I saw too many occasions, and we both know the Giants ain't got world beaters on the defensive front. Third and one, second and one. Just didn't get there. Just I didn't see the push. And then also, as we've seen before, the blocking just isn't the same. It's like Pat almost doesn't trust the blocking. I saw a couple times Orlando Brown just get ran through. I mean, you traded for this guy. And he just gets ran through time and time again against the Giants. The Gi- this is the Giants we're talking about. And defensively, they're definitely not the same. At at, at this point, um, I don't understand why Daniel Sorensen is on the football team. I don't. I, I just I just don't. What's weird and, to me is, like, he played well last year. There were several games where I was like, yeah, that dude is doing it on the field. And this year, it's just not there. It's, it's almost this year. If you want a first down, just find 49. You want a big play, find 49. And they're not getting, in my opinion, the turnovers that they used to get. They're not getting those big plays on defense. And teams are playing a lot of two safeties high. And Tyreek Hill, fast as he is, it's hard to beat a, a cover two-man shell time and time again. That's hard. And then you combine that with, well, last, not last night, but on Monday night, like you said, Travis Kelsey fumbled. When does that happen? That doesn't happen. Yeah. This, this, this team, I think, if they could run the ball a little bit better and find something to do with Mr. Daniel Sorensen other than cut him, because I understand bringing somebody in fresh or trading for somewhere to trade deadline is now gone, so you can't trade for anybody. Bringing in somebody off the street is not going to be better than what you get from him. They got to find a way to hide him in coverage. I'm trying to figure out why they aren't. I, I believe it's Warren Thornhill. I don't know why he is not playing more because um, he is a safety. He started four games, so I don't know where he's been. But I do know that there was a point where they benched Sorensen for Thornhill. 
And so I agree that is a big problem. And I hadn't thought about it, but what you said was true. They're not getting the turnovers and the big plays on defense that they have in the past. And that makes a difference. I think back to, I think it was the Bears in 2018 when they had that phenomenal season where they had more interceptions than touchdown passes against them. And then the following year, you bring back pretty much the same team, but because the turnover differential was so much lower, it didn't hit in the same way. And that's one of the things that causes major problems for teams is it's very easy to have a big year defensively, and that makes a difference. But then when you're not having those big plays and you're not getting those turnovers, your defense suffers more. Mm-hmm. With, without question. Pat, my homeboy in particular, he – he One, he has to learn what a check down is on a consistent basis. He's made so many miraculous throws, as we have talked about before, especially in the Super Bowl. Even though they were dropped, the fact that they were dead on the money. He's done these high-difficulty throws so often that it feels like it's routine, and I feel like he needs to scale it down, take the five yards, take the three-yard pass, Take take the seven. You don't have to go for 17 or 27 on every play. Granted, it looks good. It makes great highlights. It, it, it sells tickets. It sells jerseys. It sells merchandise. It does. But Brady has made a living, a 20-plus year career, on taking the check down. Now, granted, in 07, we know what he did. But yeah. for the most part, he will take the seven yards. He'll take the five. He'll take the dump out to the flat. He'll take those plays because it's better. I'll take second and seven or second and six before I take second and 10. Or in this case, oh, a receiver drops a ball and turns into an interception. It's weird because, like, I've seen him take the check downs. One of the things that I can say is it seems like he's willing to, but they're not scheming it in ways that will put him in a position to take the check downs when he needs to. I could be wrong. I'd have to go back and look at more tape, but it's not that he doesn't take the check down or that he's wanting to go downfield so much more as much as we've talked about it a lot recently. The offensive line is not holding up in the ways that give him enough time and sight to do what he needs to do. I was telling you against the Titans, they rushed four and it worked multiple times. If you Uh can rush four and drop seven, you're going to win out generally in that defensive scheme, especially against a pass-first offense. Even if the offense is creating short yardage situations, you have enough people to cover. And so even those checkdowns are being watched by linebackers and DBs. Like it, It is overall hard to do. What I will also say, and this is just my take on it, this team has been very, very unlucky. What you mentioned just a few minutes ago, Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble the ball. Like they've had so many just unlucky small breaks against, I think it was the Titans. I, I didn't get to watch the game live. So I ended up watching it on game pass. And there were times that as I was watching it, I was like, they didn't score here, but they're in position to score. What happened? And as I watched the game, this particular drive, it was first and 10, and then they had a holding penalty. 
And then after the holding penalty, they had a false start. So it went from first and 10 on, I believe, like the 20, 25 to first and 25 on the 45. And they couldn't get it. And it turns into a really big problem. There have been consistent things. They are the most offensively penalized team in the league. That says something. And they're just not getting those things that they used to get. Um, I do want to say something about Pat, though. Patrick. His name is Patrick Mahomes, based on what his mother said, because his daddy is Pat. Very much in line with what you said about him being willing to take the check down. We talked about this the other day. Patrick Mahomes is a gunslinger, but he's had so much success as a gunslinger that we don't hold it against him because he's not someone that makes bad decisions. He generally makes good decisions. He's just willing to make decisions that you don't really want him to, but because he can and does it at a high level, he does it. And this particular year, it's becoming more of a problem However, Football Outsiders has a metric called adjusted interceptions. With that metric, they account for actual interceptions. They take away interceptions that happened at the end of a game, halftime Hail Mary type situations, tip balls. They eliminate those. They do, however, add in balls that the defender had but dropped. And so last year, Patrick Mahomes threw a actual interception number of six. His adjusted interception number was 13. He had none last year that were tipped, but seven that were dropped. So had they gotten it, would have been, you know, 13 interceptions. That's not good. But because it was only actually six, people look at him like, oh, he's doing such a good job. He's not making bad decisions, but Pat has a tendency to be a little bit more risky because he is a gunslinger. So I don't have the actual adjusted for um, 2021. I did a small adjustment for this season. And this year, if you account for the ones that were tip balls, Patrick Mahomes only has four interceptions this year. There was one that's a outlier and it was the second interception against Buffalo that he tried to sidearm it around the defender and the defender swatted at it and it popped up and the defender got it. And so going back to the idea of, for one, them being unlucky, it's super weird that Patrick Mahomes has 10 interceptions this year and more than half of them were not his fault. They were tipped in the air and just happened to fall into a defender's hands. The one against Tennessee was a ball he probably shouldn't have thrown, but it wasn't that he did anything wrong in throwing it. It got tipped up and ended up in the defender's hands. And that has happened multiple times. So on top of him doing what's right and him only having technically four interceptions this year, they've just, like I said, been unlucky and haven't had what used to be their normal levels of success. Because it's not like Pat is making plays that he wouldn't make normally. He's doing everything that he would have normally done. And at the end of the day, last time I checked, he was top five in yards, touchdowns, pass attempts, and pass completions. It's just overblown due to the fact that the Chiefs are 4-4. Four and four. 
Some people had them going under the undefeated like Nick Wright did. And I think they'll get it back together. Next three games, you got Green Bay with no Rodgers, Oakland, and then you got the Cowboys. At worst, they go two and one. Yeah. They're in a really interesting position because the back half of their season is not easy. Like you said, they have the Packers minus Rodgers. They're at Vegas. They're home against the Cowboys. Then they got their bye week. They could go 0-3. I very seriously doubt they would lose to um, Green Bay without Rodgers. But, hey, I wouldn't have thought Mike White would lead the league in pass yards, and I'd never heard of Mike White before in my life. It is possible that they go 0-3 on this run. It is possible they go 3-0. We don't know. And then coming out of that, they have home against the Broncos, home against the Raiders, at the Chargers, home against the Steelers, at the Bengals, and then at Denver. No, that's not a easy that's not an easy road. There is nothing that says that they can't run the table with this. There's also nothing that says that in their final nine games, they don't lose six of them. That's the problem. That is definitely the problem. If I was a betting man, I would stay away from all Chiefs games the rest of the year. Yeah. I think the Chiefs will make the playoffs. I think that feasibly they will go 10 and 7. That's what you got them finishing, 10 and 7. Yeah. They'll probably get them into the playoffs. Yeah. I got them going 6 and 3 to end the year. They'll get them in. And so it is going to be very interesting because what I will say is I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. Like that I is, wouldn't want to see them, but I we all know they don't they don't scare anybody like they used to. Oh, there no. is no fear. There there is there is no fear. Oh, I know. And that is what I think is the biggest issue. If there was a team that I would like fear in the playoffs in the AFC, it's the Chiefs. Because at that point, it's just one game. Every weekend, it's just one game. And at the end of the day, there is no quarterback in the AFC. I want more than Patrick Mahomes. At the AFC playoffs, no, it's nobody I want. No, 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 no. And the only person that comes close, in my opinion, is not even playing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Hopefully, he's able to play soon. That's all I can say on that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We shall see. We shall see. So we talked about the Chiefs. So let's talk about their opponent for this weekend, the Green Bay Packers, who at this point will be without their starting quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, who tested positive for COVID and will be out for 10 days at the very least, because he is unvaccinated. What's even weirder about this is apparently during the offseason, Aaron went to the NFL and was like, hey, I don't want to get vaccinated, but I got this other thing going on that's kind of like getting vaccinated. Does that count? And the league said, uh, no. And so they have at all points thought of him as unvaccinated this entire season. As such, because he is an unvaccinated player, he has to spend 10 days away from the team, which means 
Aaron Rodgers cannot get back to the team until the earliest Saturday, November 13th. And he has to have two negative COVID tests within 24 hours to get back to the team. So at this point, it is entirely feasible that Aaron Rodgers might not play this week. And unless he does something really great and he's just really comfortable just walking on the field with no install on Sunday, November 14th, probably won't be playing against Seahawks either, which is really interesting because this team is 7-1 and one and has gone on a seven-game winning streak after looking horrible in their first game against the, who was the Vikings? No, the f- first game was against the Saints, which is an interesting case considering the Saints have beaten the Packers and the Buccaneers. Very true. Very, very true. Side note, I just want to say, Tom Brady is Superman. We all understand that Tom Brady is Superman. And he has different pieces of kryptonite that just pop up. The regular season Saints are kryptonite for Tom Brady. I agree with that 110%. Yeah, it's still hilarious to me. Um, But going back to the Packers, this is a really, really weird situation to me. First off, because, like... They just came off of Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard and those two not being a part of the team. And another really interesting part of that is Alan Lazard was unvaccinated. Devontae Adams was vaccinated. But because Lazard was with Adams, he was considered close contact and had to quarantine too. That's how they ended up getting the situation that they did, which is just wild. And so coming off of not having your two top wide receivers, what happens? You lose your quarterback, who coincidentally was out partying for Halloween. Willie, did you see what he dressed up as for Halloween? I saw exactly what he dressed up as. I thought he actually did a pretty good job. I thought the video that was released uh, him quote unquote dancing to poo shiesty was kind of lame but so did you know he grew his he's been growing his hair out for a year just for this costume yes i did hear about that that yes. is hilarious to me like that's dedication i appreciate the dedication you dedicated you, that quarterback. you do you just can't be dedicated to that vaccination huh <laughs> yeah he cannot he cannot he cannot Lord bless it Oh, like you were literally out partying. We got to a point where like with everything going on with COVID, things like that were okay. And so the idea that this is the first big name quarterback that we actually had that missed time, it looks bad that you were out partying this weekend. And that seems like where you might have caught it. This really doesn't help the Packers, but it is phenomenal for the Chiefs. Um, because it changes the dynamic of the game. Like going in, we all kind of thought that this was a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs were going to come out of this game four and five. But now they have a legitimate chance of winning back-to-back games for the first time this season. And so for the Packers, we also get our first real look at Jordan Love. But also, Willie, I don't know if you heard this. Do you know who flew to Green Bay today? No. No. Blake Bortles. Um, I'm asking if that's supposed to move the needle or something. So here's the thing. Blake Bortles was there during training camp. 
Blake Bortles will be signed to the practice squad in hopes that he could possibly be ready by Sunday. Here's my question. Why do y'all need Blake Bortles? Don't you have your, your, your future in the building? Don't you have that, that man, Jordan Love, the one you pissed off your starting quarterback for? What you calling Blake Bortles for? Put Jordan Love on the field. You need a backup just in case Jordan Love gets hurt. You don't need to fly Blake Bortles out who knows your system. You, If I'm not mistaken, they have a practice squad quarterback that's in the building too. What's the problem? Why is Jordan Love at any point not considered to be your number one option? And why are you not prepared for him to pull a Colin Kaepernick and replace Aaron Rodgers like Colin Kaepernick replaced Alex Smith? This continues to point to y'all made a bad decision. Well, before you gave me this news, in my head, I was thinking this is an excellent opportunity for Jordan Love. The excellent opportunity for him to succeed because there's no tape on him. He's been mostly forgotten about, not thought about this whole entire season at all. Nobody's been talking about him. And then you get to go up against a Chiefs defense that's struggling and you have Daniel Sorensen to pick on. Just throw at the guy. He's probably not going to be where he's supposed to be. And now you give me the news of Mr. Blake. I ruined the entire franchise by myself. Bortles, that tells me one thing. Jordan Love cannot play in the NFL. Nope. That's what that tells me. He cannot play in the NFL. He's, he's, he cannot play. That's just what it is. I've, I've heard different NFL players and former ones say, within halfway through training camp, you know if a guy can play or not. Maybe not necessarily be a superstar, but can they at least play? Brother, you've been there over a year, and they're bringing in Blake Bortles? Blake, I literally am the sole reason why the Jaguars are what they are currently. I mean, I wouldn't put that all on him. They're they're not a good organization anyway. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 no. I'm trying to get them the benefit of the doubt, considering they did build a team that did have Brady up against the ropes in the AFC title game. Very true. Very true. All they had to do was not screw it up. Unfortunately, they screwed it up. And, yeah. and we know and we know what happened after that. But this this clearly, just like we talked about how Dak not playing was an indictment on Kirk Cousins. It really showed what Dallas thought about Kirk Cousins. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, we we got to give some context for that. So the other night, me and Mr. Wheeler were talking and we discussed the fact that the Cowboys made the decision that they didn't need Dak for the game against the Vikings. And what's worse is it turned out to be true that they didn't. And that's just a, a greater indictment on the fact that they had no fear whatsoever of Kirk Cousins. How you like that? But continue, sir, continue. And so... This is an indictment on Jordan Love. You can't play. You can't play. There's going to be no, of course, no fifth-year option used on you um, at all. In fact, I would be surprised if him or Rodgers is there next year. 
like I said, going into this, I was thinking, okay, there's no tape on you, a suspect defense. This this ought to be pretty good. This this if there's a chance for you to shine, this would be the game. This would be the game for you to get your Matt Flynn on and get paid off of one game. This would be the game to do it. But no, they're trying to bring in Blake Bortles. Whatever his degree is in, I hope it's something useful. Yeah, this is this is not a good situation at all. Like, there's no part of me that thinks that there's anything that is going to good that is going to come out of this game for the Packers. So I agree with you. There's a very, very real chance that by this time next year, neither Aaron Rodgers nor Jordan Love will be on this team. Last thing we want to talk about today is the trade deadline and the deals that were made, the deals that, you know, weren't made and how everything ended up working out. Um, This is a pretty uneventful trade deadline, which I'm going to be honest, the NFL trade deadline sucks. It's, it is no fun because the NFL does not trade big names. Generally, there has to be something really big going on or it has to be someone who the team has moved on from mentally. Case in point, Von Miller. Von was someone that we heard rumors that he might be on the move for the past, I think, two years. And so they finally found someone who wanted him bad enough and gave them what they felt was ample compensation for it. So they made the trade. However, the NFL trade deadline is nothing like the NBA trade deadline, which is prime time television. However, we're going to get into some of the biggest deals that were made and the things that didn't happen. So first things first, let's go ahead and talk about it. What do you think about Vaughn being traded to the Rams? Love the move for the Rams. Love it. It's similar to what the Broncos did. It wasn't via trade, but if you remember, there was this outside linebacker that was getting older by the name of DeMarcus Ware. who used to play for the Cowboys. Um, definitely a pro football Hall of Famer. And... He went to the Broncos to team up with a prime and rising star by the name of Von Miller. They won a Super Bowl together. Kind of hard to block both of them. And now I see something similar. You got a prime Aaron Donald with now a aging veteran in Von Miller. Rams probably hoping lightning strikes twice. I love it. Because there's going to be a situation where – Aaron Donald and Von Miller is going to be on the same side of the offensive line. I'm going to let offensive coordinators, you know, figure out how to try to block that. And then more than, I just thought about this, more than likely there's going to be a time period where Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Jalen Ramsey is going to be on the same side of the field. Good luck. Good luck. That's, I, I, I love the deal. I hate it for the rest of the NFC, me being a Cowboys fan. And watching an aging Tyron Smith who does not look nowhere near the same as what he used to, I feel bad as a Cowboys fan. As a football fan and a fan of defense, hey, go. I, I understand what the Rams are doing. They're trying to win this very second. You got to get players. There's nobody in that draft right now that is coming out that can help you faster to a Super Bowl than Von Miller. Nobody. Somebody in a draft, they can help you get to the Super Bowl. So I understand what you're doing. Go get Von Miller, trade away those picks, win the Super Bowl, get it done. 
but you got to win the Super Bowl. This is what this is about. It's not about maybe to the NFC title game. It's not about the division title. This is about the big thing. You got to win the bowl. Hey, Willie, I just looked it up because I I wasn't sure, but I, I wanted to make sure. There's somebody else that plays for them. They still got Leonard Floyd on as an outside linebacker, too. So. <laughs> and the three-fourths team, you can line up Aaron Donald at nose guard or defensive tackle, which I wouldn't want to call it. Put Leonard Floyd at left end. And then put Von Miller at left outside linebacker. Yep. With Jalen Ramsey playing left corner. Yep. I'm just saying. Bless it. That's what you're saying. Lord bless it. Lord bless it. <laughs> That's it. Ridiculous. Because you ain't blocking all three of them at the same time. You're not. You're not blocking all three of them, man. So great job by the Rams. Feel bad for the rest of the NFC. But great job, Rams. I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Going back to the NBA for a second, this reminds me of when the Lakers tried to trade for Chris Paul. Somebody should have stopped this. Like David Stern stopped that trade. Somebody should stop this. This isn't fair. There's not much else to say. That was an amazing trade. There are a couple of other roster moves. The two biggest ones that did happen that I can think of were um, the Rams, speaking of them again, did release Deshaun Jackson. I don't know where he thinks he's going to go, um, but he thinks he's still got it. And, I mean, he does still have a little bit of it, but in that same token, sir, you are a fourth option. Be okay with being a fourth option. Look at Josh Gordon over there with the Chiefs. He just has to be on the field. And the Rams have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson. Where are you supposed to get in on that? Like, you missed out on the possibility of a Super Bowl ring. That that just don't make sense to me for Deshaun Jackson. Um, what I saw with Deshaun Jackson was a case of, it is going to sound harsh, know your place. Know your place. Like you said, you're on a team that's loaded. And throughout your entire career, let's just call it what it is, Deshaun Jackson only has been good for about three three routes. A go, a post, and a crosser. That's about it. So you was on a team that used what you could do best and had you in on plays just for that. You didn't have to block. You ain't got to run no bubble screen. You ain't got to run a slant across the middle. You ain't got to do none of that. All you got to do is come in and do what you do best. Be faster than the next, than the man that is guarding you. And even that, on, on, on a team that just got Gavon Miller, by the way, that's probably going to the Super Bowl. Let's just call it what it is. Probably going there. Long as they don't have to go to Tampa Bay, probably going to the Super Bowl. And that wasn't good enough for you? Who do you think you are? You ain't a Hall of Famer. This, this ain't like, I don't know, Randy Moss. And even Randy Moss eventually got discarded. Terrell Owens even got discarded. I mean, we could even go, like, current players. You're not Antonio Brown. No. Antonio Brown's going to the Hall of Fame. Now, it may be, like, on the 15th try, but he's going. I mean, let's be honest. You ain't Mike Evans. No, no, let's go further. Bro, you might not even make the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah. 
<laughs> he, he was straight in California. He was good. He was good. But you ain't even making probably the college football Hall of Fame, brother. Who do you think you are? So like I said, it's going to sound harsh coming out my mouth, but know your place. The other roster move that was rough was Henry Ruggs was indeed released by the Raiders after the fatal car accident he was in where he was going 156 miles an hour and ran into another car and the woman and dog in the car were killed. He was released by the Raiders and he went to court, I believe, Wednesday morning. Yeah, it's just a sad story all around. Young man who looked like he had some potential to be a player in this league for at least the next five to six years, if not longer. His career is cut short and a life was lost. It's just a sad story overall. Very sad story. The most saddest part about it, I got to be honest, which is not that in some car accidents, you know, as you know, my dad's a firefighter, so I hear a bunch of stuff, get told some things, probably some things that shouldn't be shared with the public. But in a lot of your collisions, some of them, as you know, they dial impact, which is about your best case scenario. This young lady, unfortunately, and her dog uh, was burned. That That's a tough way to go out. That's a real does. There's no easy ways. There's no, there's no wrong. There's no easy ways to die. But it's a very tough way to go out due to somebody's stupid, very stupid decision. I wish the young man the best. I know for a fact he has definitely learned from this. That much I do know. I don't I don't have to question that none whatsoever. I, I know the young man will learn from this and be better. His football career is one thing, but unfortunately somebody died and not just that they died, the way they died was um, very most unfortunate. And yeah, condolences to the family. That's all you can really say, man. Uh, yeah, his career is done. So other thing, thing I want to talk about was the deals that weren't made. The first one that I thought was surprising to me that did not get done was I figured Deshaun Watson was going to be a Dolphin. They were too close to the situation. There was too much noise around that team and wanting him. And if we are being completely honest, the only reason that he is not a Miami Dolphin right now is because they could not get enough assurances that his legal issues would be resolved. One of the things about it that was really interesting to me was I really thought the deal would be done when Roger Goodell said there is not enough evidence that we have at this moment to put him on the commissioner's exempt list. So we will not be doing that. And from what I heard and what I read, that was one of the big things that Dolphins ownership wanted was the assurance those types of assurances and a better understanding of the situation but that wasn't it and so I don't know what's going to happen I don't know if he will be moved during the offseason because I don't know when all of this stuff is going to be worked out and it is still really really interesting because technically last time I checked he's just a healthy scratch so he's still getting paid he is still technically a part of this team. He's just getting to sit at home and do nothing. And it's a really awkward situation based on the idea that there's nothing that the league can officially do right now. And so the team decided to hold him out and work within those confines. But it doesn't really make sense to me what's going to happen. Um, what did you think about Deshaun Watson? I think it's an total abomination. 
reason why I think it's a total abomination is due to the fact that I never thought, as we've discussed before, I never expected him to be traded due to the legal issues. And the fact that it was known publicly that Miami was flirting with this deal, all at the same time, you have this young developing prospect that you're quote-unquote trying to develop. You say that you're trying to put the best team around him, and yet the whole time you're looking at getting his replacement. So not only that, his mental is shot with the Dolphins. He'll never come out and say it. That's why he said, I don't think they not not want me. Um, so you have his, his, his mental is shot with the Dolphins completely. And not only that, you have, I don't know, 52 other men playing for their lives out here, knowing the whole time this organization doesn't want this quarterback. But he's trying to be a leader and step up for his team. But when he looks at the eyes of the other 52 men, the other 52 men see a lame duck. True. Also, just a quick note, the owner or someone came out. I I don't have the story up right here, but someone came out and said, no, we still love Tua and we are all behind him. We were just kind of, you know, kicking the tires around with the whole Deshaun thing, but we are absolutely behind Tua. Like, yeah, you, do you, that sounds like to me. Do you think that that did you think that was gonna work? Like, are are we supposed to believe you? I guarantee this. If his wife said, "I'm kicking the tires around with Tyrone," but but I love you, I bet he wouldn't take it the same way as he's trying to spin it. That that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Um, That's what I'm gonna say on that. You've ruined a kid. You have ruined a kid completely. Now, granted, he's been injury prone and he has not played well himself. I get that. But this kid is, you've ruined him completely. He has to get out of Miami. I don't care if he does play well, you got to get him out of there. Oh, Willie, there's another thing. You know how you mentioned the 52 other men that are looking at him? Mm hmm. Tua isn't a captain. Not surprised. Not surprised. I think he's the only starting quarterback that isn't. Are we surprised by this? I'm not surprised, but that, like, going in line with what you said, that's a problem. That's a problem. The kid got to go. The kid got to, regardless if you get Watson or not, that kid got to go. And I'm not saying as in the kid can't play, the kid don't need to be there. The kid don't. I'm not even thinking about the logistics of where he could go in, think of that nature. That doesn't matter to me right now. The kid got to go because Miami's already ruined him. And NFL players talk. And I guarantee if you're, if you know this information that he's not the only, he's the only starting quarterback that's not a captain, I guarantee you the whole league knows it. This kid is ruined, man. This kid is ruined. Another kid ruined by an organization that doesn't know what they're doing. But then again, this is the same organization that hired Adam Gase. So, for the record, I don't fault the Dolphins for hiring Adam Gase. I fault the Jets for hiring Adam Gase. But the Dolphins thought it was a good idea, and it was his first time head coaching. It wasn't that bad of an idea. The fact that he was in the division, and y'all saw how bad it was, and y'all was like, no, he can work here. That's on the Jets. I could roll with that. I mean, he's still a horrible coach, but yeah, that, that's different. The organization has handled this horribly. 
there's no reason why you should have let it come out and be talked about in the way that you did that you were at all interested in Deshaun Watson because it was very obvious to everyone that if not for the legal issues, Deshaun Watson would have been a Dolphin. And let's be clear. Let, let, let's be very, very clear on this. You don't have a problem with the legal issue. You have a problem with the idea that you would make the trade and he wouldn't be available because of the legal issues. You had every intention of getting him. If they could have said, he will not be, uh, at no point will we suspend him. He is cleared for the rest of the year. Whatever happens with the legal issues, we've done our due diligence. We don't believe these women are telling the truth. Or even if they were telling the truth, if they came out and said he's going to get the standard six-game suspension and then we'll move on from there, he would have been a Dolphin. Agreed. What you said was true. They've made it a worse issue that they – they never could have prepared for. And it's just, it's really sad that it, it it has come to this. And so final thing, as we wrap this up, Odell, ODB, I mean, OBJ. No, let's, let's be honest. When Odell first came in the league, me and you called him ODB. And I still stand by the fact that he's ODB. <laughs> I, I tell you this much, he's an ODB for what he did. Yeah, yeah. You have a whole lot of problems with, with Odell for um, what happened <laughs> this past week. So here's one of the things I will say. Um, I was talking to Buddy. Shout out to Buddy, my grandfather. Um, I was talking to Buddy about it, and I was like, one of the really interesting things is we had kind of gotten away from the feeling that Odell was the diva wide receiver. When he first got to Cleveland, it was like he was ready to be a part of the team. The biggest problem that people had was him and Baker like figuring it out and working together and how that's going to work and it seemed to work for the most part there was never a point last year that I felt like Odell was being who he had been in New York and even this season up until the past week or so he hadn't really done that but these past couple of weeks have been really really bad he really has actually I've seen the video oh that his dad posted yes I've actually seen the video it's Rather clear, Baker does not see the field properly. A couple of them that was ignored was that the pocket collapsed at the time that Baker had to scramble. But I've seen, yeah, I've seen the video. Um, it it looks bad. It does. It does. I'm not finna get around. I'm not finna play with it. It looks bad. But at no point in time do you ever publicly throw your quarterback under the bus because you're not getting the ball or for any reason. And in fact, if it was up to me, Odell would have been traded to the Texans or to the Jacksonville Jaguars immediately or to the Detroit Lions. You can't send him to, to Jacksonville. That's too good of a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. That's actually, that's not bad. But I know he won't win again. No more games this season. I don't know. They, they might have because they, they still got to play the Texans. Okay, they got to play the Texans. So they might win one. But I'm saying that, but one of those three places is getting Odell Beckham immediately. As soon as that video was dropped, he's gone. Holla at you. Gotta go. Yo, did, I, did you hear I, what Stefanski said today? He's not essentially on the team. Yeah, that's wild. No, no. Kevin Stefanski is being a man. He may not even believe in Baker himself. 
he may tell his wife, I can't stand Baker. I can't wait till we get rid of him. We're going to make this run at Aaron Rodgers. He may believe that, but he is going to bag his quarterback publicly. And that's what a good, and that's what a good coach does. That was something Odell and Baker should have sat down like men and talked about. But the fact, because let's call a spade a spade. I guarantee you, you okayed your dad to post that video. I'm not saying he cut up the clips and did it. I'm not saying he did that. No, 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 no. I highly doubt Odell Beckham Sr. did that. Um, highly doubt it. Somebody made a, made a tape. Odell's dad got a hold of it, posted it. Odell liked it. No, you should have checked your father and been like, no, we can't do that. But no, you went out there and publicly humiliated the man. The guy that you still going to want to throw you the ball. That's the same person. And you was going to walk into practice. Because I read the report. He walked into practice like everything was going to be just fine. Like you just ready to go. Like everything's okay. No. Baker's better than me. Baker said, was he hurt by it? No. Surprised? Yes. I give Baker credit for taking the high road. Because if that was me, me and Odell would have some words to have to discuss. Very mm -hmm. intimate words to discuss. So um, here's one of the things that I, I thought about earlier. So Baker's been under a lot of pressure, a lot of talking, a lot of criticism, all of it. And what we talked about the other day was this was about the time last year that Baker was getting all this criticism. People talking bad about him. He had that horrible game against the Raiders where he only threw for like a hundred some odd yards. And then they hauled off and like won a lot of games towards the end of the season, um, had a whole lot of success. Will you know what happened that changed everything about that team? Talk to me. Odell got hurt. And you know what's sad about this? Because he made me think of something. We always believe in giving a young quarterback a safety blanket to throw to. And in some cases, that may mean a big superstar wide receiver. And sometimes that receiver's personality is just a too big for the team to let the quarterback develop, i.e. Cam Newton and Steve Smith, i.e. Des Bryant and Dak Prescott. And sometimes in those situations, the receiver just got to go. And the fact that they were not on the phone to get rid of this dude immediately concerns me. Because um, things off the team, I don't really know what that means. Does that mean he's gone for the rest of the year and y'all's going to pay him to sit at home? Or is he just out for a game, he's going to come back, and then we all kumbaya? What does this mean? That's a good question, but I believe they were on the phone. I do. I believe they were on the phone, but they couldn't get good, good enough compensation. Very similar to what, and I've been making a lot of NBA references on my NFL podcast today. Um, very similar to what Daryl Morey is dealing with with Ben Simmons. He ain't on the team no more. Everybody else knows this. And so... We're not going to give you fair value for that. You want to get rid of him. Not and only that, it just ain't worth it. Cleveland got Odell for a first, a third, and Jabril Peppers. 
he ain't worth that no more. That's just what it is. But I, I, I question how good he still is because the football people say he still got it. And I believe the football people. I don't watch enough tape to be able to make the full assertion, but I, I believe people like Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark and Marcus Spears, and they say it looks like he still got it. According to the video that I did see, I will be honest, he does still have it. According to the video that I saw that was posted that made Baker look bad, oh, he still has it. Is he worth the headache? That's what I'm getting at. He ain't worth the headache. And you, you're probably right about that. No. Look, looking at the tape, oh, he can still beat press. He can still get it open. He still got the burst. He still has it. Now, the vertical, I don't know. I didn't really see all that. But is his hand still there? Kind of looks like it. He still got it. He still can be very, very productive. I don't know about 2015 productive, but he can still be productive. He easily beat press. I did see that. But is he worth the headache if he's not getting his way? Well, bro, thank you very much. That's all we're going to do for today. Y'all have been listening to the All Purpose NFL Podcast. You can find the podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and have a good one.